You are listening to the Ideas to Profits podcast, hosted by myself, Ross Blaine, and with my co-author, Dr. Paul Dick. And weekly, we have special guests to add to our conversations about the ideas inside I2P. Download all the latest I2P episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. OMG, this is going to scare the heck out of me because now instead of me getting to ask the questions, we've got Amber here who works with us and she's going to ask Paul and I the questions. So ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all kinds, get ready because now I'm going to be put on the spot just as Paul is. Here's Amber. So hello everybody. I'm excited to be here. I'm Amber, and we've been working all season on the Ideas to Profit podcast with Paul, Dr. Paul Dick, and Ross Blaine. Hello, guys. Hi, Amber. Hi, Amber. How are you guys today? We're having fun out here in the man cave, aren't we, Paul? Yeah, we always have fun. It's a fun day for me because instead of listening to you guys interviewing other people and picking their brains, I get to interview you guys and pick yours, which is very exciting. Are you guys excited? Are you ready for this, Paul? I'm ready. You're sure? I can take it. So you're going to take the first question then, right? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, But we'll see. And it's... Well, it'll be interactive. It's 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 all in good fun. You guys are pros now. So, um, you know, it's a good... It's it's a fun idea to close off. This is the last episode of our 12-season episode, our 12-episode season, rather. Um, and, yeah, I, it's going to be fun. So let's learn a little bit more about Paul and Ross. Exciting. So let's start easy, shall we? What makes you feel inspired and to have your best self perform for the day? What are things that keeps you going? Because I know a lot of our less listeners are business owners, entrepreneurs, managers, and everyone has a different thing that gets them going, their why, their reason. So what is yours? What inspires you guys? Is it gross? I'm a challenge junkie. I love waking up every morning thinking, I got this thing I got to figure out an answer for. I love that. I think mine is probably having a client succeed. So that would be uh, successfully entering the market, successfully having a new product approved, successfully hiring a new executive, um, which gives you obviously positive feedback back and continue on, continually shut out the relationship. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, and those things also make the team feel good as well, you know, corporate success. So it's kind of corporate success stuff, which is probably... What, what makes that's a good thing yeah. <laughs> for yeah. making corporations yeah. successful it's yeah. good that that is your uh that's your passion yeah that is good um so this is actually a good segue into my other question paul um what is one thing that your program has done for a client that you didn't expect it to do and i'll give you time because i know i didn't give you guys these questions before no that's uh, uh, so but, something unexpected Unexpected that your program is done for either a client or a corporation, Ross or Paul, that you didn't expect it to do. You know what? The neatest part I had was I had one of my clients call me up and say, Ross, I just checked out something in your book. And you know what? I used it and it worked. 
And I'm going, oh my golly, somebody's actually using it and somebody's actually seeing that they got a positive outcome of it. It was really, really, really cool. Another one that I had was on the EQ test. I had a guy call me up and said, Ross, you know what? I just found out where I'm messing up with my people. He said, I'm busy thinking that I need to be social before I need to be empathetic. So it's sort of... Yeah. 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 I mean, mine's probably been back to the business side where, you know, a client has a specific goal, which they actually encounter issues in terms of either technology or funding market, and they actually pivot to a better target and uh, are actually more successful than we all initially thought. That, That was... I mean, um, kind of unplanned and a beautiful, positive business surprise. Oh, that's really nice. That is good. All right, here's an easy one, and you can't say I2P. What's your favorite book and why? Ross? Oh, actually, that's tough because I've got three of them that I absolutely love. You can only pick one. Then I'll go most modern. Okay. Okay, Extreme Ownership. Hmm. Okay, Extreme Ownership is about uh, Navy SEALs and how they take extreme ownership for what they do. Actually, stroke that. The better book is Turn the Ship Around. And it's about a a submarine captain who took the worst submarine in the Navy and in two years made it the best submarine in the Navy. And it's got some really great stuff in it. Like the leading line is, and most of my staff or teams that use it, it's not, a Captain, can I do this? No, it's, Paul, I intend to do this. And then Paul will say, yes, and you can do this as well. And it's really good. Turn the ship around. Hmm. Uh, it's good. I mean, I'll just say, I have a hard time saying what, is my favorite book because I frankly don't spend a lot of time reading books because I'm doing other business creation stuff. And I think for me, what's more important are my mentors. So I have two really great mentors, um, which are kind of like a book. Yeah. <laughs> that you can take things to. So I spend, I would say, instead of time reading, I spend more time talking to them or pursuing other careers completely outside of my, my, my area of business. Oh, that's good ones. Do you want to share who your mentors are? No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because they're pretty well known and, uh, you know, that's kind of a private. Yes. Uh, but, but everybody should have a, a mentor that, that, you know, kind of my mentor rules are they've got no financial stake in the business or with clients are totally unbiased. And they're, and they're, uh, and they're uh, I guess if you want to use the word worldly, they're worldly in terms of their business acumen, their interpersonal skills, uh, you know, and, and so they can they can provide all kinds of advice in terms of uh, the personal side, the business side, and even the intersect between the two. Oh, that's good. As a mentor, one of the things that I think people need to understand is the mentor should not be in their industry necessarily. The mentor should be someone who does, however, take extreme ownership for what they do. In other words, the mentor has to see Paul as being someone that he cares for and everything he does is driven around making Paul better. 
as a mentor. I find when I can say to my client, we should be doing this or we should be thinking about this or in, in our business. And it's taking that ownership, that extreme ownership that makes mentors most effective. Paul's mentors are all interested in making you better, right, Paul? Yeah, I mean, they are um, they're really good listeners. Uh, they spend a lot of time listening. They spend a lot of time, uh, frankly, giving advice based on their own personal experiences, which are always kind of really valuable. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they challenge you. And then next time you visit with them, they'll ask you kind of how, what happened, what were the results. So they're... Um, yeah, and they're and they they, they hold you the, the good the good ones are kind of tough, uh, and they can give you a, a hard advice and hard comments, and uh, it's all in the positive vein. Ultimately, though, it's your choice, and if you think you know, the mentor's not going in the direction you want to, you can always supersede and go for it. I can tell you personally, I've done that, and well, personally, business-wise, I've done that, and and probably I should have listened to the mentor versus the direction I ultimately went, but. But the other thing is that a good mentor helps the person define the problem they're having or the challenge they're having or the opportunity and then helps the person find the alternatives to resolving that issue. They just don't, they just don't, don't jump in and say, this is the solution. A good mentor makes you work to come up with a solution. Wouldn't you agree, Paul? Yeah, they, they, the, the solution is yours. You own the solution. Uh, they just illuminate different pathways and challenge you with good questions, but ultimately you own the, the solution and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll give you feedback after you implement whatever that solution is. Yeah. I always feel like with mentors, uh, you know, being self-employed, it's nice to have someone to hold you accountable. And once you brainstormed and come up with these ideas, it's nice to have someone that actually sits down and says, so last time we left off here, how did that go? And to kind of bring you back to those ideas, because sometimes, you know, it's going so fast, you get lost. Yeah, yeah, um, so hindsight is twenty twenty, and we all know that phrase, and that is true, definitely. So if you could turn back the time, and this can go to either of you, to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell them? Oh, that's scary because I know what my 18-year-old self would say because I was supposed to go into military college and all those sorts of things. And then I realized over a summer that I couldn't be in military college. It just wasn't in my way. I wanted to be a professional ski instructor and run a ski school. Oh, very nice. And So my... what would you tell your 18-year-old self as your self right now? Sometimes you have dreams. Sometimes those dreams aren't fulfilled. No matter how you end up, you have to enjoy the course you took to get where you are. And yes, there's going to be bumps along the road. There are learnings. But you know what? If you ask me today how I feel on a 1 to 10 scale about my life, it's a 9 out of 10. There's been some complete screw-ups. There's been times I've lost a lot of money. But you know what? I'm real happy sitting out here in this outdoor space talking with you two and working with you two on this project. That's excellent. Yeah, it's good, Ross. I mean, um, uh, I'll have to say, and I think it's probably true for lots of 18-year-olds, I mean, uh, I had no plan. I wasn't strategic, and uh, everything was kind of by um, 
accident or serendipity. So I, I think I think kind of being more thoughtful in terms of where you where you want to go, uh, how you want to go there, um, and have some kind of a have some kind of a plan and a game plan B. I think that's those are all kind of uh, you know kind of things that I would have I I, I probably would have done uh, differently. Um, but hey, I've, I've got no complaints. That's good. Did That's you enjoy good. being a veterinarian? Well, I think I still am a veterinarian. It's just I'm a different kind of veterinarian now. But but you know that wasn't um, necessarily uh, in in the plan. I mean, um, it made good sense based on farm kid with lots of vet type experience. But uh, you know, it wasn't really part of the plan. But still, successfully, obviously happened. And. Um, I don't know. I think I think you know, in life you can be you can be planned, but you also have to you have to kind of seize those opportunities, and you have to take advantage of those. As I said before, those kind of serendipitous moments where you can grab you can grab stuff, you know, and and uh, don't be afraid to grab those things if it makes you happy and and kind of makes some level of sense in terms of your of your, of your strategy. I think some people divert to a safer career or a different career. Versus maybe something that maybe they initially would have been happier at. Um, yeah. Yeah. So follow your dreams, but yeah. in moderation. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to... Or not. I mean, if you're going to do this in the long haul, as we all are, I mean, you have to be happy. So, you know, everything should lead back to happiness, whatever your definition of happy is, yeah. Yeah, defining that is a good one. But you should always have dreams that you'll never fulfill in a lifetime. Yes. They say your goals that you say out loud should make everyone in the room uncomfortable. So. Yep. Yes. So here's a fun one. If you could have a coffee with a historical figure, who would it be? That's a tough one. Ross, I'm sure you have an answer for this one behind me. A historical figure. Oh, I'm going to get into trouble on this one. I want to guess, but I'm not going to. Go ahead. No, you... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You say it. Nicola Machiavelli. Okay, that's good. That's... The, the guy who wrote The Prince, which if you throw out all the Italian history, is absolutely one of the best business books going. It's Machiavelli who said, you give out all the bad at once and the good a little bit over time. It was Machiavelli who said, "Beware the nobles. They've got the mo you. They've got the most to lose with change. Just as we found in businesses, Paul. When the company changes, it's the middle management that absolutely pardons my French fucks up any drives. Is that correct? That's correct. Well said. That's good, Russ. I'm not, yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so I would probably say, uh, and and I think Russ kind of said this. I mean." Um, you know, obviously, we all have businesses that we do, but I think we, we I think we should stretch ourselves in areas that maybe too big ourselves are uncomfortable. So, so I'm a self-admitted amateur filmmaker, which gives me great joy, as is my work and my team. But um, so I would probably pick a filmmaker to talk with. So maybe Quentin Tarantino or he'd be an interesting one. Like I that. feel yeah, yeah, somebody that's kind of kind of you know relevant, new, current. Yeah. So. Uh, and that's what you know. That the film side. I mean, I mean, my whole, all my pursuits make me happy. But that's something that is a bit of a, of a pet 
uh, dream of mine. And frankly, something I never did pursue when I was younger, even though I, I did have an interest in that. I pursued veterinary medicine instead. But yeah, I'll say Quentin Tarantino. Paul, Quentin, if you're out there, I'll, 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 I'd love to meet you. That's good. <laughs> Paul, that's good. I think we should do something, though. And it's not me taking control. Amber, who would you talk to? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> you asked it. <laughs> Be who careful what I you ask to? for. Hmm. A historical figure. That's a good one. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would say Oprah. And she's still alive. That's okay. She's historical. Years, so that's okay. Yeah, she's so historical. She did a lot in her career that people said she couldn't do. She had tremendous resilience. Um, and now, I mean, she's a billionaire with one of the most successful shows and brands and magazines and book lines and mentor situations um, that you could ask for. So it'd be interesting to know, you know, how she kept going in the face of that much adversity and maintained positive when there wasn't the things that we had before. It's not like she had a team of corporate people helping her every step of the way in the beginning, which obviously she has now. Um, even the courses and the workshops that we have available to us that you can easily get off the internet or um, self-help books, they weren't as extreme as they are now back then. So it would be good how she was self-propelled herself to that level of success. It's funny you said that because I was expecting something like uh, Angela Merkel. Mm -hmm. I was second something like uh, 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 um, uh, oh God, I'm pulling up a brain fart here, but uh, go to my air. Um, um, who was the Iron Lady Paul uh, in oh. England? Uh, the Prime Minister Maggie oh. Thatcher. Yeah, Margaret. Uh, Margaret Thatcher. Thatcher. Uh, that's and honestly, if we're gonna go England vibe, Queen Elizabeth would the be first my ob absolute I would pick her over Oprah and no offense to Oprah but actually, the queen is a huge love of my queen life. Queen Elizabeth or the first Queen Elizabeth because mm. the first Queen Elizabeth as you know beat the Spanish and really revolutionized the monarchy at that point in time when it was full of all sorts of intrigue. Paul you could have made a movie or a movie out of that whole thing. <laughs> I thought maybe Lady Gaga Honestly, and she's a great presenter. She doesn't really spark my fancy, honestly. How come not Dolly Parton? She's good. She's good. She's more my mom's person, I feel. Okay. See, Maybe Paul, honestly, we just turned the tires on. Well, right now over. that we're getting into, you know, back in the day and the royal times, I'm thinking maybe even Victoria and Mary Queen of Scots, but you know, we can't go for that far down because I am a, a buff when it comes to the royal family. So there's going to be a lot there that I'd like to talk to. King Henry, who I'm the seventh. The eighth I am. Oh, I wanted to be the eighth. Oh. I've been married seven times before. Is it the eighth? It could No, I think it's the seventh. Anyways, I just finished a documentary on him. So now we're off topic. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> But I think Oprah, honestly, uh, you know, she showed tremendous resilience. So I'd like to talk to her. That'd be my 
final offer if the queen's not available. Uh, are you sure that's your last offer? Do you want to make it's, a telephone <laughs> call just to be sure? That's my final one. That's my final one. So we always talk about personality traits, strengths, and weaknesses. Um, so what's the most important personality trait or strength someone would need to work in your industry, would need to work in the industry and be successful? Think, Why am I going first? I think <laughs> you should be going first on this. Because you're in a different industry. I think it's a pretty simple one. Uh, the ability to listen. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, and understand. It's very different. Yeah. Two different traits. Yeah, yeah. But listen, I say, before you talk, one of my past mentors would say, seek to understand before you are understood. I think that's that's important for everybody. Oh, that's a good one. Oh. I like that. That's one of the seven rules. Yeah. Yes, yes. And what's yours? My f most important thing is, uh, again, Machiavelli mm -hmm. told the prince, he said, you've got two ears and two eyes and, a, and one mouth. Make sure you see everything that goes on, listens to everything that's going on. And before you say anything, make sure that you're keeping your commitments as short and definable as possible oh i like that short and definable to the point good. that is good well uh, you guys are both gonna like this next question and to our listeners we may already know ross's answer but i'm interested to see <laughs> if he's going to go with his old reliable answer or if he's gonna switch it up so, what is your favorite movie, and what does that reveal about you as a professional? Actually, my favorite movie is not what you think, Top Gun, Son, your mind's right and check your bodies can't cash. That's exactly what we all were going to say, okay. if you've listened to my any of the episodes. My favorite movie is actually The Dam Busters. Oh. Because when you see... What Barnes Wallace and Guy Gibson did with innovation in being able to blow up the dams that were supposedly unexplodable. The bravery of the people who flew those Lancaster airplanes, hmm. knowing that they were getting into trouble. And the technology. It is amazing technology. When it all started with a guy with his kids shooting golf balls across a, 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 a water stream. Hmm. Amazing movie. And what does that say about you? It says to me that I like discipline. It says I love innovation. I love people who see a problem and then find opportunities inside that problem. Oh, well said. Very good. Paul, what's your favorite movie? And it can't be one of your own. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of it. Russell Crowe. Gladiator, Gladiator. Oh yes. Yeah, Gladiator. So I, that, that, I mean, I have a lot of movies I like, obviously, including Tarantino, but uh, I think I like Gladiator because I think it's kind of a management movie. I mean, it talks about the strength of a leader, the strength of a team, how they work together. Uh, obviously, kind of, um, uh, you know, they 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 survive by working together, uh, and they ultimately he ultimately prevailed in the fight against. Uh, sounds like Superman, uh, evil. <laughs> so, so I think that was a, that was a, you know well portrayed. It talks about the importance of the family and the law and you know the impact of the loss of the family, which which uh, uh, you know, obviously impacts people. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, Russell Crowe at his best, and um, I think that was Ridley Scott that made that one. So that would be clearly my favorite. I've got a bunch of favorites. That's a great movie, actually. I forgot about Gladiator. It's very inspiring. You want to know one other one I absolutely love? Sure. Never-ending story. Oh, okay. Why? Because it shows about what tenacity and resilience can do. Mm. And when you see you know, the horse losing in the swamp of despair because it gave up, I mean, it's never-ending story. is one of those delightful ones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that one at all. And no Top Gun. No Top Gun. It's shocking. Not top, top Gun. Yeah, I was thinking any of those. <laughs> top Gun, I still show to my clients because mm-hmm. it is the best management movie in the world. It really is. When you look at it, throw out all the dynamics of the airplanes and, and Maverick, okay. Uh, but you know what? When he's in the bar with Goose and he says, with all those young women, you're in a target-rich environment. You know, knowing where you are and knowing what you're doing. When Goose is telling him, Mav, don't do it. Mav does it, gets caught in the jet wash. Goose dies because of a dumb thing. When you look at the way Tom Skerritt ran the school and he knew where to bring in Kelly McGillis as a private contractor, even though she wasn't a pilot, to teach people, pilots how to fly. When you see how he had a Viper, who was his second in command, whose whole job was to make sure that these young hotshot pilots were challenged, that they learned. I mean, it's... Yes, it's a great management movie, but yes. I'm, Not your favorite, are you sure? I'm After still, that speech? I'm still sick with the do- damn busters. Okay, okay, yeah. that's good. So you guys are all about productivity and innovation. Uh, you're innovating corporations, procedures, companies, the way they do things from the beginning, mentorship, strategy. So what is one of your favorite productivity hacks for entrepreneurs and business owners and management teams. One. You guys give me at least one each every time we're together. Productivity hack. What's, 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 what's... So a productivity hack um, would be something like, for example, the hack we learned today with Ross's book. He does a to-do list on one page and his how-to on the other page of every journal entry. So you can see them going forward. That for me is a visual productivity hack on how to you know, stay organized and stay focused. Uh, uh, let me jump into that. Yeah. The number one thing I think is having, are you ready? Mm-hmm. A pre-mortem. Mm-hmm. Okay. A pre-mortem versus a post-mortem. Too often we talk about the event, we go back and look at it. But when you look at the very best organizations in the world, they do pre-mortems. They know what they're going to into. They mm-hmm. practice it. They look at it. And then they say, what if this happens? Yeah. And that way they're able to deal with all those what-ifs that come at them. And yeah. that's the best productivity a hack somebody can have, is to actually sit down before it takes place and allow everybody to say, what if, Paul? What if this happens? Even if it's off the wall, it, somebody's going to think of it. And this is a way, good way to get ready. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I, I think I would say having kind of a, a a roadmap, a life plan, it's like, um, how do you net elephant one bite at a time? So what's your first bite? What's your, what's your 10th bite? 
and uh, and plan and celebrate as you as you go forward. So that that, and then and then there's nothing better than an initial success to make people believe. So I think uh, that staged bite by bite approach, uh, which also generates positive feelings and align within a company and within consulting groups would would be something that I'd be I'd be saying. Yeah, definitely. I noticed Paul that you have with your plans, you have the right team in place to do those plans. Right. So, you know, if you're making an appointment with Paul, you know, contact tip, she'll get it together. <laughs> Everyone has their role and it moves smoothly. So Without tip we would never have a bail on the cat. On Paul, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a strategy. That Those are tactics to have everyone set up so you can be the innovative guy right. meeting with the corporate guys right. and doing right. all yeah, that. We can't all be the same. Yeah. In fact, that's the recipe for success, for failure if we all are the, the same. So we each have to you know, capture on our, on our differences and, um, you know, get the job, get the job done. But, you know, it's interesting because... Paul and I, as he said that, and you, are not the same, but we make a great team. Sometimes we get into controversy, mm -hmm. but in the end of the day, we all come up with a mutually agreeable solution yeah. that we follow. And it's great to have a team you can get into a debate and some controversy over. There's nothing worse than going to a meeting and everyone's like, yeah, sure, good idea, let's do it. And you're like, all right, well, I did I need anyone else here? Not really. So I think that's a healthy teamwork situation that we have going. It's yeah. nice. No, I think it's right. And back in my corporate days, well, that's the company, but that would be called putting the moose on the table, which I'm sure other people say as well. I think it's important to, to do that, put the moose on the table and talk to the moose, talk to the problem. Mm. It's not a people, usually a people issue. It's, a, it's, a, it's something else. Yes. Yeah, so, so make sure you know what your moose is. That's a good one. I'll be using that. <laughs> That'll be my stolen. Well, I'm thinking of so many things I could say about Paul and a moose. And... Oh, go ahead. This no, is no, a podcast. No. There's no censorship as here. Not, as long as it's not rude, we're okay. So, it's something about horny, but I would say, oh. say it. <laughs> We've gone to editing mode. <laughs> At least he didn't say the P, P word. No, I thought he was going to say the goat or something like that. And I'm like, oh God, where are we going with this? That was last Ross's time, right? favorite song is There'll Never Be Another One Like You. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay, guys. It was a great season one. I loved it. We had tons of great guests over? come in. Are we over? This is over. But season two oh, is coming around the oh. corner. So don't worry. It'll be launching in September. For you guys, it will be launching next week when we start our recording so that's very exciting um but something even more ex well maybe not more exciting but equally we have a new book coming out yes. which is weasels always win if you let them if you let them so we're expecting that in our september as well and what is kind of your thought behind that ross why did you and paul write this that's a great question very often we get conned because we don't take the time to think something through. It sounds good. And weasels, people who con us, hustlers, mm -hmm. all know how to present things to us that are so incredibly delectable that we forget 
about doing the due diligence, doing the planning we need. So there's stories in there about people like Bernie Madoff, who got away with all sorts of money because of greed. And so, yeah, each of the chapters is based on a word that weasels will use when they hustle you or a word that we get into our mind when we get hustled. So it's, it's been a fun read, a fun write. That's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah, and just so you know, one of the guests we're going to have is Dave Levac, the longest serving speaker of the House in Ontario. Oh, very So with politicians he's, and politics, he's seen a lot of this. Yes, I right. would assume that, uh, you yeah. know, has So he's some going to be talking about that. And the other thing, we had a great conversation with him this morning, didn't we, about mm -hmm. how do you engage people? Mm, that's and, a good one. Yeah. And uh, it was fascinating. Oh, great. What was his tip on how you engage people? Just a one-liner. Look at them in the bridge of the nose. No. Oh. Make That's sure simple. that you're looking at them in the bridge of the nose and then they know you engage them. Yes. Even if they've got one eye that goes wonky, as he said, eh, Paul? Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I have a 17-year-old and I'm prepping him with my interview, which I found is a little harder than other people's interviews, but that's okay. And the looking in the bridge of the nose is great because I can't tell you how many times I tell him, what are you looking at? Are you, where are you looking? Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. So yeah. I'll be taking yet another tip home. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm excited for season two. That'll be coming live in September uh, with Dr. Paul Dick and Ross Blaine. We have a new book coming out as well. Yeah. We have a series of workshops coming out as well. So yes. that will be all on the site. Um, and it'll be available for all your viewers to get. So did that's you, fun. That's tell, exciting. Did you tell our viewers that Paul and I are also working on book three? Book three. Full stop. No. No, no stop. stop. We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> and what's book number three about? No stop. No stop. Right from the time we've been kids, our parents will say, Paul, no stop doing that. And say no stop doing that with the sheep ball but <laughs> yeah edit that out yeah <laughs> but there's always a sheep reference and they're getting edited but no stop okay we get it all the time paul when you were in corporate life and said i have an idea quite often people would look at you and go no stop paul that's not where we're going the answer is when somebody says no stop no actually means next opportunity stop doesn't mean squeal tires on pavement Stop actually says, start thinking opportunities and potentials. So this whole thing is, how do you deal with something when they say no? What does it mean? It's a red flag. Stop is how you go through the process of dealing with that red flag to get ultimately effective outcomes. Very good. Well, I think we've picked your brain enough for today, guys. Um, but we will be back in season two for a reverse interview again, for sure, because I think it's good for me to interview you guys and put you in the hot seat once in a while. Um, but we have a full season coming up for our listeners and our viewers. Um, we have workshops, downloadables on the website, and it's going to be a great rest of the year. 
So, do you guys have anything else to add before we sign off? See you next season. Thanks, Amber. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Amber. Download all the latest I2P episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join our online community at ideas2profits.ca where you can take advantage of workshops, complimentary downloadables, and monthly newsletters. And finally, should you require someone to do a keynote address to one of your associations or groups, Paul and I are available. We also have a series of workshops that will be downloaded from the website that you can absolutely provide to your staff in your working environments. Thank you again. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.